Hello, my name is David. And my name is Helena. And we'd like to talk about Jewish relationships in the 21st century. So Helena, what are, what are, your, what are the first thoughts that come to your mind when you think of relationships, first of all, but also like specifically from a Jewish perspective in today's day and age? Well, there are a lot of things that come to mind. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is that love is not enough. And I think we've all, honestly, even me to some extent, uh, though I, I think uh, I did some work in dismantling this, but we've all been fed by the Hollywood uh, variety of love, right? You know, you think, okay, girl meets boy or boy meets girl, fall in love, everything is wonderful, sparks fly, there's all this excitement, they go running off together and doing fun things, and then they, you know, he pops the question, they get married and live happily ever after, right? We've definitely had that version many times. Yeah. I think that actually what you said, very interesting, sparks fly. And people, t like, you know, when people say, I'm going to marry her or, or she's going to marry him, they very often, re like, uh, a very important thing, very important consideration for them are, is, are there sparks there? And I think that's a big misconception because what people don't realize is that intrinsically in the male-female dynamic, for the most part, there are some kind of sparks that exist. And I think that sparks are actually, you know, sparks is kind of like warm, fuzzy feeling. It's not an indicator. It's something that's developed in the right context, in the, as we call in today's day and age, a safe space. Well, I actually would say that, you know, the, the sparks flying may happen even later on. It's not, you know, sometimes you meet someone and yes, there's automatic chemistry and attraction and all that. That definitely, that definitely does happen, I'd say, on a regular basis. But sometimes it also can take time. You know, you meet someone, maybe you don't think much of it, you start talking with them, you get to know them, and then, and then sparks are flying. Like, that happens too. Um, I think, you know, there is a preoccupation with sparks flying. Um, but I, I don't think it's wrong to want the sparks to fly. What I think is wrong is making that out to be the whole, like, core. Yeah, the pre prerequisite for the right. relationship. Because maybe you meet someone a couple times and you don't think anything of it. But then, you know, a month later you meet them and it's just, you know, you, you happen to get into a conversation. You get in the right headspace and all of a sudden, wow, right. sparks are flying. Like, you can't be closed off immediately. We're living in an age of instant gratification. Yeah. And I think people are looking for, like, this immediate click. And I think that, you know, the immediate click sometimes, like for in our instance, actually happened almost immediately. But also it wasn't just like, oh, click, that's it. No, like we we sat, we spoke about a lot of really important topics, philosophical, practical from day one. Basically, you know, you, you talk about what kind of a family you want, what kind of uh, home do you want, etc. How what do you view what are. your values are, how, what your view on life is. And when you do this, you create a space in which if you two align and there's a safe space to click. Sparks fly. That's not the. That's not um, an indicator that they should or need to marry. But once you get to know the person, you see, ah, oh, we really align. I think this person sitting in front of me could be a really good father or a really good mother. And like we really, it's just a and a good life partner. Right, a good life partner, and it clicks as you realize that you align in life. Well, it could click. I mean... Or it might not, right. Yeah, sometimes you meet someone and maybe on paper it makes sense, but there's just no no chemistry there, no attraction. Okay, so that's right. normal. Um, that does happen. 
I think, though, we get very caught up, all of us, in the Hollywood instant gratification, you know, uh, like mentality where we expect things to just happen in a very specific way, like very easily. Right. And we, we don't give it enough credit. We don't give it enough time or patience. Um, and this is true with anything in life. I think a lot of the time we jump from activity to at- activity or endeavor to endeavor because we keep being caught up in this thought that, oh, somehow we should just, you know, completely fall in love with what we're doing. I mean, that just doesn't we always happen. have to happen. vibe with it all the time. Y- yeah, right? I mean, that's just not how life works. Like, I love writing. I've loved writing for as long as I can remember, but... Sometimes I don't want to write. Sometimes I put off writing. Sometimes I take a few months off and I don't want to do it. Obviously, you can't take a few months off of a relationship. But the point is, it's not always a, a falling in love kind of an experience. Sometimes it's just work. Sometimes it's growing in love. And growing can be painful. I didn't grow too much as a teenager. I'm five foot five, but I'm sure teenagers who grew up to be six feet tall, they had pain in that growth. Yeah, growing pains. <laughs> growing pains. And that's... Through that pain, I think what happens is that, you know, if you take sandpaper and you start rubbing it against something, at first, it's really, the surface is very rough and, you know, you're sandpapering it, etc. But then you notice it starts to smooth out. You start to smooth out the bumps. And I think that's the same way in a relationship. You focus on 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 the work, on the toil, and it seems sometimes really difficult. It's very, very difficult. But I think through that you create a deeper connection than any connection that can be created in this entire world. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I also think people get caught up in this, you know, this search for this very deep connection. Right. And sometimes... Instant deep connection. Yeah, this instant deep connection. And maybe it totally missed them. Maybe it went right by them because they didn't have enough uh, foresight or patience to take hold and say, hey, you know what? This person could be a good fit for me. Let me get to know them in the proper context. You know, they go out on dates with the intention to marry. Um, Yeah, I guess we should clarify. We're not really talking about dating for fun. We're talking about people who are looking for their soulmates, uh, which is definitely not an easy endeavor. And I have to say, I think that in our case, it was kind of easy Thank God. Thank God, yeah. Um, it's not easy for everyone. People have their different uh, hurdles that they have to overcome. But but the thing is that, in general, I think that there is a perspective that is very wrong when it comes to dating and relationships, right. uh, when it comes right. to marriage. Because everyone's looking for the perfect, perfect, perfect person. And I'm going right. to tell you right now that that perfect, perfect, perfect person doesn't exist. It's just unrealistic to expect that. Well, they anyone. do, but it's not in your subjective mind that they exist. They, they, Hashem decides who's perfect for you, and sometimes you know you, um, <laughs> the, you know, there is this one rabbi who um, he was preparing his students for a date, and he told his student, "Okay." Um, look at the mirror. What do you see? And the student says, I look good. I look confident. I look this. I look that. And the rabbi says, you're a schmuck. You're nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you know, it was for a little bit theatrical purposes. But the point is, the rabbi told the student, listen, uh, you think that you 
the, the, in your mind you, you drew this perfect image of the exact woman or the exact guy that you need and want and it can't go off one centimeter from that and um, if you if it's not that then uh, you then uh, they don't deserve you the thing is that <laughs> who, who are you who are you so uh, are you so perfect that you get to draw a perfect image of another person and you can't take anything less than that you know um, Hashem sends us people who you know who are our compliments who you know for a man it says a helpmate against him a, a person a Is wife right a wife who shows him who he's who he's meant to be, who doesn't make him always feel comfortable with who he is, who challenges him to be a bigger, better man. I think very often nowadays, we all have trouble facing ourselves. It's a very difficult thing. Um, but the thing is that we, we have so much trouble facing ourselves that we're looking for the person who will only show the best version of ourselves right. we're not that, marrying a therapist we're not marrying a maid no, no, no we're not marrying ourselves that's <laughs> right, actually right, what's right. important we're looking for this perfect mirror image image of ourselves and someone else when we don't find it we're disappointed we complain ah oh, this person had this and this person had that actually they say in chassidus that a person that what you see wrong in another person is actually a reflection of yourself. So, okay, when you see, let's say, a character trait like that, that really bothers you, that just, you can't get it off your mind. You know, you ever had that, have that with someone? Yeah, where sure. You, yeah, you, <laughs> you know, right? Like you notice someone and maybe they're too talkative, right? And you see that they're so talkative all the time. And you're like, why are they so talkative all the time? Wow, that really bothers me. And then you realize, hmm, okay, maybe this is pointing to my own trait that maybe sometimes I can go on and on. And or that I don't have enough patience to listen to someone. Or that, yeah, or that it's showing me that I actually don't have any patience and I need to increase my patience. The point is, when you notice something wrong with someone else, it's actually an indicator that there's something in you that you need to fix. Without realizing it, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for themselves. They're looking for gratification. They're looking for someone who, who, makes, who makes them feel like they're perfect. And it's nice. And that's not realistic. And it's not meant to be that way. We're, we're supposed to grow. We're supposed to improve and always get better. We're always supposed to right. be the best version of ourselves that we possibly can be. Of course, you have to be realistic. You can't, you know, just jump in with the first pe person that, you know, is nice and seems to work with. Because maybe it's not right. Maybe it's not. But at the same time, you can't go to this crazy extreme where, Right, you hear of all these people who are looking for their mate, and they've been looking for twenty years, and they haven't found them. It's like, are you sure that your expectations are realistic? Are you sure that you're not just looking for your perfect mirror image when, right. in fact, you know, Hashem probably already sent several bashirts to that person, but um, maybe, maybe Hashem didn't. Maybe Hashem has something in mind for them. Maybe He wants to, uh, you know, make them wait a little bit longer. But I feel like sometimes we have this such a, you know, like a, we have we have such an image in our brain. We almost put ourselves, God forbid, in a position of like, you know, Hashem, that we know what we need, that we skip that which Hashem actually sends to us. Love it by itself is not enough. You can't, yeah. you know, falling in love is actually pretty easy. Like, it, it, it can happen pretty easily. But staying in love long term 
That's another story. Growing in love. Growing, that's yeah, <laughs> staying and growing in love is another story, right? And you can't have... Let me say this. There's no such thing as staying. It's always growing. Okay, true. My father, he said something. I'm never going to forget this. There's no such thing as para two parallel lines. If you have a sphere, there's no such thing as two parallel lines. They're either diverting or converging. Yeah. So, so I was actually going to get to basically that, though that's a very nice way of putting it. <laughs> What I'm trying to say is that when you're growing together, the love grows as well. But first, before you even go into that, because look, you're either growing together or you're growing apart. That's how life is. That's how relationships are. If you're growing together, then there are certain pre, or if you, I should say, if you ideally would like to grow together and not grow apart from your spouse, which everyone wants, right? Yeah, it's the purpose of marriage. <laughs> the prerequisite, or prerequisites, I should say, are that you have to have matching values, right. matching goals. I mean, I'm not saying exactly the same goals, but they have to align, right? Like if you want kids and the person you're talking to doesn't want kids, why are you continuing to engage? Because this person said, and maybe they'll change their mind, but that's not your prerogative to change their mind. If they say, that's it, I decided for the last five years, I, I've made it set in my mind that I'm not ever having kids, right. and you know you want kids, then there's no point in continuing with that person. Right. So there are basic prerequisites that need to be met. Right. And the problem, I think, a lot of the time is that people don't even think about, they're, they're first like, mm, let me see if there's chemistry, and then we'll talk about values. No, first check if there are values, then see if there's right. chemistry. The, the values create a safe space for chemistry. Because chemistry, what's chemistry? It's chemicals. It's chemicals. What your brain can't release chemicals. The point is that uh, it's it chemicals. The, uh, the chemicals have to happen in a safe space. Safe space is when you've defined that you're, that you're going to work together for the rest of your life. Or towards, you're, or you're looking, or you're looking to work together. You're looking to choose this person to work together for the rest of your life. And you know, there's. I don't think. I'm not sure that in this world there's such a thing as you see someone and you for 110 percent know you're going to marry them because yeah. you know there, there's no uh, people are saying oh I'm at one point I'm just going to feel like I have to marry her and yes you feel that but at the same time it's not like you're not a person. It's it's normal to have doubts. Especially when you don't commit. The sooner you commit, the less room for doubts there is. You have to create the safe space, which is the fact that you're going to work with this person for the rest of your life in the context of marriage, and that's it, that's final, and you're going to put yourself, you, you know, ideally for that, you need coinciding values, coinciding, uh, you know, some kind of idea uh, of uh, that your goals are similar, that uh, your personalities are, you know, the chemistry uh, matches to a large degree, etc., yeah, and I'd say uh, the prerequisite for the prerequisite is that you need to know yourself. Yeah. You need to know what you want, what's good for you. I mean, obviously, there you're always going to be growing and learning, right? But you need to have a somewhat, I'd say, established basis for, you know, who am I? Who am I? What do I want in life? Where am I going in life? What do I value? What do I value and what do I let's say, desire slash need in another person. By the way, those are two different things. You can write them out, actually. It helps a lot to write out qualities that you think you need. And and be very specific about what is desire versus what is need. Because look, there are some basic needs that people have, right? We have basic needs for respect. You want someone who's respectful. Right. Everyone wants respect. So 
you need to make sure that you're with someone who's respectful. So that's a that's a quality you write down as that's something I'm looking for. The point is You can't go without that, right? Yeah, you need to know what are what are my non-negotiables. And then you can look at the negotiables. But first you have to have those non-negotiables. You have to have the who am I? You have to have the what are my values? Where am I going? Right. If you don't have those things, then you can't even begin to explore right. a relationship with someone. There's no point because if you're just like, yeah, I don't know, I'm just kind of here and I'm like going along in life and it'd be nice to have someone with me. I don't know yeah. that you're necessarily like fully They're not ready. a puppy. They're not a puppy. Yeah, it's <laughs> not someone there for your entertainment or to make you feel better. It's not there. That person's not there just to like make you feel less lonely. You're, that's a that's your partner for life. And you'll feel less lonely, and that's part of it. But the it's uh, you feel less lonely. You feel more full. You feel more meaningful because you are one. You are completing together the purpose of life, Hashem's infinite holy purpose for the two of you. Well, I'll say a few things. One, it's very, very easy to fall in love. It's very, very easy to fall out of love. If you're not actively working on the relationship, if you're not actively nurturing it, maintaining it, respecting it, caring for it, it's like a plant, right? If you let your plant sit around, not being watered, you know, it's sitting in the dark, no sunshine, no food, nothing, it's going to die. That's just how it is. It's very easy for you to fall out of love. Right. It's very easy for the relationship to die. It's very hard to keep the relationship alive, flourishing, healthy, growing, right? A plant always grows. I mean, I guess there are some plants that don't. Okay, there is always some amount of growth, right? Maybe it flowers at this time of year or it, you know, uh, changes colors or whatever right. is going. It, there, there's always some kind of development right. going on. Uh, and you know, sometimes your plants die. That does happen. But, <laughs> but, but the thing is with a relationship, with, a, with marriage, you're always supposed to work on it. You're always supposed to protect it, maintain it, respect it, nurture it. And if you're not doing those things, then it is dying. Love is an active process. Love is an action. It's not just a feeling. You may sometimes feel like, oh, I'm so annoyed by this person or, oh, this really? person... It happens occasionally, <laughs> once in a blue moon. But it doesn't matter because ultimately you both know that you are there for each other. You are there helping each other grow. You together are growing. And as long as that's happening, then everything's fine. Yeah. You know, like, um, I think Manus Friedman says it very nicely that, you know, when two people marry, what keeps them together? Does love keep them together? Does, um, I don't know, good looks keep them together? Does a nice hot soup keep them together? No. Because if marriage relies on any one thing, uh, the very basics, if it relies on any one thing, then that marriage cannot survive because uh, those, you know, even love comes and goes. When you're mad at somebody, you feel a little bit less love, you know? And so what? The marriage isn't there? No, the marriage is there. But the other thing is that you always, you can, as we said before, there's no such thing as parallel lines. You cannot just be in this kind of like stalemate. You always have to be growing, but you also, as you're growing, have to know that there's no exit strategy in case something good, God forbid, happens. You're, you're always growing and there's no, there's no exit strategy. And I think that, in, that makes room for growth. So I think that it's really important for people to completely dismantle this mentality, this 
quite frankly, this sheker, this lie that's been told over and over and over again in society that, oh, you, you know, you need to fall in love and love conquers all. And, you know, that's like a, you know, a little catchphrase people like to say. I'm sure it's from yeah. some piece of literature. L love love lo conquers all and love can overcome anything. And it's like, you actually. Know what, you know what love is? You know what love is? Love is the reward for the hard work put into one another. Well, and what I was going to say is, no, it's not love intrinsically. It's you and it's your partner working together all the time. Right. You can't just say, oh, well, love will fix everything. No, it won't. You have <laughs> to fix it. Right. You can't just sit there and say, oh, love will fix everything. No, it's not going to. You are the person who must do the action of love. Love is not just like this, uh, you know, for God it is, maybe. I don't know. I don't know God. But we're but not God. We're <laughs> not God. I can't speak for him. But for us, we have to work at it. Love is not just this, oh, it's it's so nice and it just, oh, we're just in love and it just works. Okay, yeah, it works. Yeah, it works because you make it work. Right. If you're not making it work, it's With God's fail. blessing, but... Well, yeah, yeah, with God's blessing, but... but he wants us to work on it. He wants he us, needs to us to work, to work on, on it. it. And we need to really kind of dismantle this lie that has really permeated into society. It's done a big disservice for a lot of people. It's I done think. a big disservice. So I'm not saying don't look for love. I'm just saying recognize that love is something that you work on together and something that develops, something that grows right. with time as long as you're doing the proper work. And it's something that, yes, you can feel right away. But quite frankly, I think that's more than anything, that's the shadow of real love. The, the love that you feel on your wedding day or let's say the few weeks leading up to it or whatever. Or a few days after. Or a few days afterward. It's not that it's not real. I just think it's an it's it's kind of a shadow. It's not the full it's not the full thing. You don't really right. see the full thing maybe ever in your lifetime, but you see it more and more over the years. The more work you put into it, the more energy, right. the more time you're always growing together. I mean, as long as you're always growing together, you see the love. It does come there. Um, but but you have to you have to recognize that it's not just this uh free for all where you just get love and it's easy. It's not like that. Uh, there's a story that I read in this book um, by Rabbi Shalom Arush, uh, Garden of um, Peace, Garden of Peace, correct. And, you know, there, there's this one guy, um, he's, uh, you know, he's an ascetic, I said correctly, right, ascetic? He's living an ascetic life. Yeah, an ascetic yeah. life. Right. There. So, you know, the guy, he's in shul. He lives in the shul. He sleeps in the shul. He studies Torah every single day. He prays all day. He doesn't eat much. He doesn't drink much. He doesn't... Um, you know, it's a very, very simple life. All everything he does is to is for Hashem, and uh, that's it. And you know, every, when the, the day that the guy passes away, everyone thinks this guy's gonna go up to heaven. He's gonna have a big mansion. He's gonna have a good time. You know, all the angels are gonna meet him happily. And you know, this guy he comes up to heaven, and next thing you know. Hashem is standing there, you know, and, uh, or the, you know, the, the Hashem is standing there, and the guy sees Hashem's face, and he realizes, um, well, metaphorically face, he sees Hashem is not very happy with him, and he's like, Hashem, what's the matter? All my life, all I did for you was mitzvot, and studied Torah, and I prayed, and I, I, um, distanced myself from the world, like, well, what do you want from me? Well, what better could I have done? And Hashem said, Ha, you you think you have patience, you think you have faith, 
You think you believe in me? You think all these things? You're a fool! You didn't get married! You don't know what it's like to have faith when you have to work for uh, not just yourself, but for your wife's happiness, for your children, etc. Do you know what it's like to have patience? No, you don't! You, you're, you're sitting with yourself all day. You think you're sitting with me? No, you're you're satisfying your own ego, etc., etc. And what is this story pointing to? That we, can, that we as men cannot and will never achieve who we are who are meant to be without our crown and our glory, our holy eshet hails. A closing word of, word of advice, we are trying to emphasize the, uh, I guess, the other side of the perspective because the, the high standards are emphasized too much nowadays. People are overly focused on perfection and, and knowing he needs to be like this and she needs to be like that and there needs and to be I can't survive with this and I can't survive with that. Yeah. Yes, you can. You need to have <laughs> high standards, but you also need to be realistic and you need to give people a chance. I think right. that's it. Thank you very much. We want to wish all of you if you're single to find your true bashert and if you're married to have true peace, a lot of children and uh, Shavuot Tov and Shana Tova. And Gmar Khatimatova. Amen.